Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash bookshow. Then go over to morbidlybeautiful.com as we are now part of the Morbidly Beautiful Podcasting Network. Everybody here dies by dawn. Dead by dawn. Welcome, Welcome to the Spook to the Show. show. <laughs> this is not a test. Announcing the commencement of the annual purge, sanctioned by the U.S. government. Commencing at the siren, any and all crime, including murder, will be legal for 12 continuous hours. Blessed be our new founding fathers and America, a nation reborn. May God be with you all. Hello and Happy New Year. That's right, at least for us here on the All American right. Spook Show. This is our new year. This is because last last week we celebrated our fifth anniversary on Halloween, like we always do. That's kind of the time of year where we have to go back and rethink our ratings and stuff like that. So we. We're done with that. We've, we've shed the last calendar year off of our backs. We're starting anew. We're going We're going straight to the mountaintop here. Right, Smoke? We're going, we're going straight to the top. Yeah. <laughs> for, for, we're going to start the year off right here. This was Will's choice. And, of course, that asshole isn't here. <laughs> and we're going to be talking about the purge election year. from That's okay. I've got to get Will. Will wasn't, like you said, this is his choice if he wasn't here and he didn't have doesn't have to necessarily do it, but I'm going to have to get him back by putting maybe maybe I'll choose an Argento film next time around. I think you should go for the the remake of Suspiria or something like that. <laughs> the bird, what 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 is it? The bird with the crystal plumage, something something like that. You know, like yeah, really get <laughs> really get him good. <laughs> but uh, yeah. Anyway, so yeah, we're, I, I will say this is a fitting choice since we're we're sitting here on. November sixth, uh, the day before election day here in the United States. So timing wise, it's a perfect choice. The purge election year, uh, it, it'll it'll spark some interesting conversations. I'll say that as to whether we liked it or not, stick around at the end and find out. Right? That's that's the tease. That's what we call them. That, we're experts in the biz. You see, that's what we call it. <laughs> that's a tease. And we'll also give you our gore score. Uh, Donnie will give us his uh, connections from the crypt. Uh, all the stuff that we normally do, and I'll give you the highlight kill, all that jazz at the end along with our ratings. So you want to stick around for that. But before we get into it and before we go any further, we want to remind you to go to aaspookshow.com. That's the center of the Spook Show universe. From there, you can listen to all of our podcast archives. Go check out our YouTube. where we got lots of monthly series going on over there, including Video Vortex, Grindhouse Gutter, Hammer Horror in Order, lots of stuff to go check out. And we also publish the podcast over there. So if you you know, would rather pull it up on your desktop or wherever you're listening and listen to us there. You can do that over on our YouTube channel. And of course we encourage you to become a patron over at patreon.com slash a spook show there every month. You're guaranteed to get crapster piece theater, which people love to listen to for some reason. We don't like doing it, but people love <laughs> this shit. It's all the rage. It's all the kids are talking about on the internets, crapster piece theater. So we encourage you to become a patron to listen to that. And of course, the Library of the Professor video minisodes every month, where you never know what he's going to do. He's going to pull something from the left wing of his uh, or the oh, right yeah. wing of his of his yep. library. He's going to take us on an adventure to Orlando. There's no telling. It's like where in the world is Carmen <laughs> San Diego? Except there's a little bouncing, there's a little bouncing smoke head. 
You never know where, where he might <laughs> where we might land. So, yeah, go to aaspookshow.com. That's where all that can be found. So we'll go ahead and toss up the trailer for The Purge, election year. This July, have your voice be heard. I purged. I purged. Show your support. I purged because it's my civic duty. For The Purge. I purged because staying in... Is an American. This is your emergency broadcast system announcing the commencement of the annual purge. The soul of our country is at stake. The Senate is going to win. She's going to make real changes. The purge has to come to an end. At the siren, all crime, including murder, will be legal for 12 hours. Senator, let's begin lockdown. All emergency services will be suspended. Your government thanks you for your participation. We're going to use this year's purge to do something about that, Senator. We're being hunted. Go, go, go. We are on our own. My God. How did it get to this? What you doing outside on purge night, Senator? Come with us. There are threats everywhere. There's death everywhere. No! Y'all need to see this. We have one goal. Survival. Keep my country great. There you go. That's the latest purge trailer. <laughs> now, this, yes, I like that. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to continue to say that that way the rest of the show, mm. just to annoy you if nothing else. So, mm. this is the third of a series. This is a whole franchise, right? The purge franchise, I guess, at this point. There are, to date, let me see, one of them, five. There's five movies, and then they actually had a series as well. Uh, there was The Purge that came out in June of 2013. That's the original. Then there was the second one, The Purge Anarchy, which came out in July of 2014. Then this one, The Purge Election Year, came out in July 2016. Then two years later, The First Purge, which was a prequel to, I guess, the entire franchise, right? Uh, that came out in July of 2018. Then in July of 2021, just uh, a little over two years ago, The Forever Purge came out. Now, I had seen the first two, and I hadn't watched any others of that, of this series at that point up until now. That This is the first time I've watched this one. Donnie, what about you? So I had actually, <clears throat> I had started watching this, and then I didn't realize I had already seen this. So, yeah, I had I had seen this previously. Smoke, what about you? How about the first 
You seen the first two as well, though, Donnie? Yes. Yes. Uh, but yeah, for me, I, I'm kind of the same boat you are, Josh, as far as seeing the first two, and then this is the first time I've seen this one, and I haven't gone beyond that yet. But uh, I, you know, and we'll get into our thoughts on it, but I haven't really, I'll start by saying I'm not the biggest fan, even of the first two Purge movies. I mean, I, I thought they were okay for what they were, I guess. But I'm not, it's kind of like, you know, we talked about Scream, and we, I'm not that big a fan of Scream movies either, so, so you'll have to take my reviews when it comes to Scream movies or any of the Purge movies so far with the, with that in mind. <laughs> that I'm not the biggest fan of them out the gate. Now, I think it's worth talking about right here out, out on Front Street. Number one, before we go any further, if you've never listened to us before, welcome. But we want to remind you that we are a spoiler-filled podcast, so if for whatever reason you have not seen The Purge election year and you want to, you might want to hit pause here, go check it out, and then come back and listen to the rest of this because we are going to spoil it for you. But what I wanted to get to, kind of get it out of the way right here, is The Purge as a concept. Like, because I think, to me, that's always been the most interesting part of this series. It's not like this is some groundbreaking shit. You know what I mean? It's it's, mm. it's almost, in a lot of ways, it's kind of more action movie, action flick series than it is horror to me. Like, it's more of action with a horror element. You it's know? got elements, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah there's no... Obviously, to me, there's no suspense, no fright, no... Nothing it's of just, any horror substance. Yeah, it's more of just like an action flick with the with that feeling of it. You know, it's, it's a little bit there. And I guess that just comes from like the people wearing masks and acting fucking crazy and stuff, right? That's where most of yeah, the horror I'm, element would come mine. from. Oh, yeah, yeah, true. The action part, right? Well, yeah, and for the, me, it's kind you know, of... Well, I was, uh, it might be this movie specifically, but really kind of all of them. I could boil it down to two movies that they remind me of. Various elements of each one of that I've seen of the first three might be more of one of this type of movie or more of the other. But really, they kind of remind me a little bit of John Carpenter's Assault on Precinct 13 mixed with Escape from New York a little bit. Yeah. But throw in the murder aspect of just, you know, the purging itself. But other than that, the action type elements and things kind of remind me of those types. But for me, done not nearly as well. <laughs> and it's interesting, too, because I just looked on IMDb, you know, where they always list what genre it falls into. They list this as an yeah. action horror sci-fi now at, at first i'm like sci-fi what the fuck but i'm guessing it's well i'm guessing it's just that it's not science right but i guess that fiction part of like that uh this is a fictional future right like so i guess that's where they're <clears> leaning, <throat> they're getting that sci-fi lean from that like this is this isn't a real obviously this none of this is real so it's like a fictional take on future on a on a uh I, I, I stop short of saying apocalyptic future kind of thing, but this is like a, a fucked up offshoot. Dystopian. Kind of, dystopian. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe that's where the, the sci-fi yeah. label comes from. Yeah, and I don't sure. remember, do y'all remember a year that was mentioned? Not maybe in this one, but in the first one even, cause I, I thought I read somewhere. I didn't read about a year specifically, but I read that it was supposed to be in the near future. So I'm guessing that's why it's sci-fi too, because it's again, near future. Like Clockwork Orange is is called a sci-fi, and it's in the near future, but there's no spaceship or anything, you know. So, it takes place in a sort of near yeah, possible now, future. Now, from so. uh, now, I think they do the math just from the first one kind of thing. So this one apparently is supposed to be the year 2040, because oh, okay, so. because they kind of fast yeah. forward a little bit. I'm pretty sure in the very first purge they say that it's like the year is 2022 or something like that. But well, well, also. During that same that same kind of time jump, uh, Leo does mention his son died just a few years ago. 
Yeah, and which doesn't they, really play yeah, into that whole eighteen year. They do mention as well term. though that like the, the new founding fathers, or whatever, are kind of celebrating that like this has been their way of life for like the last twenty twenty five years. So yeah. by this point, it's well established. Like this is just what America is now at this point, right? Yeah. But I think that's supposedly, from what I can see in some, you know, some plot descriptions and whatnot, this is supposed to be twenty forty. Although I don't remember them saying right out that right out. But going yeah. back to my point, though, the purge as a concept, I think, is the most interesting aspect of this series. That America went to such shit in this dystopian future tale, right? That like the only way they could fix it is to let everybody just fucking run amok for what is it like twelve hours, one night a year. They basically like tell the cops, the hospitals, the ambulances, the fire trucks. They tell them all just fucking don't don't come out. Whatever's gonna happen tonight, let it happen. Murders on the plate. You can do whatever the fuck you want to do. I think the only rule. There were a couple of ground-based rules that, like, in the original at least, where, like, you couldn't kill elected leaders. Like, you know, like, I guess you couldn't go gun for the president or something like that or senators, all this shit. And then there was the uh, the use of high-end explosives. You couldn't use explosives or a certain level of them or something. Otherwise, do whatever the fuck you want. Kill somebody with a machete, machine guns, whatever the fuck. You just couldn't use explosives. What do you think of that as a... Not in a real life sense, but just as a premise in these fantastical movies. What do you think about that? I, I think it makes a pre- I think it makes a good premise for one movie. Maybe <laughs> I don't see it. For me, it's not like a. I mean, I, I mean, I, now it's built in that you can just keep going with sequels. But I think once you've done it once, the only thing is you just do these variations of it. That it's basically you got the same movie each and every time with whatever little twist you add to it. And but that's not gonna make for a better movie, you know. I don't think. And that's something that they seem to do, like each and every time they keep expanding upon the, uh, you know, the idea, like, you know, we look at it from this aspect and then this aspect. And then you get here in election year, you get the political aspect. Yeah. Well, not only that, but it's getting it's the idea gets bigger. And the first one, it's literally like, here's the concept of the purge one night this a year this happens. So you really only paying attention to this one family that's holed up in their house and they're trying to survive the night. That's what that movie's about. Then in the second one, they take that same idea, but now you've got this person that's trying to go from one side of town to the other, you know? So they're trying to get somewhere and they're trying to survive the night out in the wild of this night. Now this one is the same premise, but add that political aspect to it and make it bigger because the stakes are higher. Not only do they have to get from point A to point B, but they are protecting the future president of the United States or you know, a high value asset. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And they changed the rule in this movie of you couldn't gun for a person of high stature. You know, you couldn't. Yeah. That was the rule. Like you can't go for a Senator or the president or whatever the fuck, right. An elected official. Now you can, they changed the rules all like last minute, right before the purge night happens in this movie. Like, oh, yeah, by the way, you can you can kill anybody. Have fun. You know, <laughs> so I do want to mention, you know, this kind of reminds me of uh, way back in our teens when we decided to backyard wrestle. We changed rules and uh, we tried to uh, do a uh, city limits match. Um, and it's <laughs> yeah, we tried to move off of the trampoline where I almost broke my neck uh, uh, and into, you know, the city limits match, which never happened. Yeah, no. 
No, we, we didn't have the means, so that's why. <laughs> but I, I think, good idea, though. Yeah, yeah, it was it's good. I think in general, though, the, the the concept of the purge has always been interesting to me. But like Smoke said, it probably isn't worth any more than a movie or two. You know, <laughs> that's probably where they should have yeah. kind of left it there. Like, because I remember seeing that very first one, I was like, you know, that's that's that is fucked up, and and you could go a lot of ways with this, but that you know, and that's another thing too. I will add, <clears throat> and I still haven't seen you know. Uh, the first purge or the forever purge. I, I think I speak for the rest of you. I don't think either of you said you'd watch it. So I, I actually know... did watch the forever purge. Okay, so uh, we watched these, it. I don't you know, know where a couple these things of... go, but compared to at least to the first two, this one ratchets it up as far as violence. This is more realistic to me in the sense of like, man, if you really had a night like this, if this were a real thing, this would be closer to what it, it would be depraved. I mean, think about it. If something like this really happened, dude, some high level fuckery would be afoot. I mean, there'd be people raping and pillaging and burning. I mean, like it would be even crazier than what you see here. It really would. I mean, it would just be fucking off the rails if something like this were allowed for a night. Strange things would be afoot at the Circle K. Yeah, at, at, to say the least. <laughs> I mean, it would be it would be fucking balls to the wall, yeah. nutty anarchy if something oh, like yeah. that. I don't even think it would be containable, to be quite honest with you. Like, everyone would become maybe not everyone, but a lot of people would so, become so bloodthirsty you'd have to put them down just because, you know, <laughs> like you you know what I mean by like they'd go nuts. Like you mean fuck, I can do anything I want for this amount of time, and then when the alarm sounds, all right, the purge is over. I'm not stopping. Fuck you. And they just keep going. You know, like it would have, you'd have to bomb cities to get them to stop. It, it would be, it would be mass chaos. Yeah. And well, well, this is probably a good point to interject this here. When we're talking about all these different factions of groups in here, killing each other or other people and all this stuff over the course of all three movies up to this point, I can only talk about these three, you know, by the time we get to this one, you got, we'll get into it, the whole political faction of white supremacists, neo-Nazis and your regular guys and your, bloodthirsty foreigners that come over here to yeah. <laughs> oh yeah murder tourists yeah the murder tourists they call them so you got all these different types but for me in this movie the best group if you want to put it down to a best group who's the most noble it would for me it would be that group in the alleyway with the swords fighting <laughs> each other fight club style yeah I, just call, doom, doom. I mean they're, they're not out there murdering other people they're going after each other in like this old school medieval duel that to me is uh, a noble <laughs> A noble, noble fighters uh, of yeah. this, uh, you know, taking it not to purge other people that don't want it, but going against each other in this, yeah. uh, I, I, what do you call it, I consensual them, duel. I called them in my notes the Thunderdome gang because <laughs> it's almost like that. Remember that scene in, uh, was it Anchorman or Anchorman 2, where they have the back alley fights between all the anchor groups? <laughs> and <laughs> the dude brings out a fucking trident. And <laughs> another guy yeah. has like a two by four with like forks sticking out of it and stuff. It's almost like that, you know, like. Yeah. Just grab what you can and come fight kind of group, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but I think just the concept, in my opinion, is very interesting. It's just that, you know, it, more than a movie or two is probably too much. You know, like, they've already jumped the shark on the idea by this point, and obviously it's just a cash grab. Yeah. You know, by I think, like you said, two movies would have been perfect. One movie, claustrophobic, one couple in a house surviving the night. Another movie of what happens on the streets and that's it. That's really all you needed. Really. Yeah. They could have just made those two and been done with it. Yeah. But like anything, you know, it makes money. So they're going to keep, 
They're going to keep chugging yeah. along, right? True. Such is the way of the world. Yeah. The only other alternate title, just to get into some of the background information before we get into it, that I could find that I thought was funny was in France. It's known as American Nightmare 3 Elections. <laughs> it's just, I guess if the other ones were just called American Nightmare, I guess it works. Uh, as appropriate as anything. But this was released July 1st, 2016, and it was produced by Platinum Dunes, Blumhouse Productions, and Man in a Tree Productions. Of course, if you've seen this, it's rated R, total runtime of one hour and 48 minutes. It's uh, directed and written by James DeMonico, and it stars Frank Grillo as Leo Barnes. Now, he's reprising his role from The Purge Anarchy, the second one that came before this so like smoke said a minute ago this is supposed to be a couple years after that one i believe and that one he's basically just something happened to his son or his son died that's what it was his son had died uh uh, uh in a uh, car accident he got hit by a drunk driver and that guy uh got away with it essentially so leo frank grillo's character in that movie goes out to get revenge on that guy during purge night and then what happens in the movie happens i don't want to give any deep spoilers there you know if you want to go check that movie out so he's the only one that is the connective thread from that movie to this one though matter of fact i mean there's no connections between other than just the purge concept other than leo frank grillo's character between these two movies or even the first one they don't have and and yeah i'll say this here too like frank grillo because he was returning for this movie they decided to make this one a connective, connective tissue, you know, so to speak. Yeah. Because they originally wanted to do the first purge at this point in time. But I guess since Frank Gorilla signed back onto it, they're like, okay, well, we'll do a sequel, yeah. a third movie, and then we'll come back to the first purge after that. They just make it make sense, yeah. Yeah. But it also stars Elizabeth Mitchell as Senator Charlie Roan. I always, I know I'm going to screw his name up. McKelty Williamson, is that how you say it? McKelty? Uh, he plays Joe Dixon. He's the guy that owns the... Uh, the deli, the store there that, you know, is kind of one of the main plot points of the movie. Uh, and the guy that works with or for him, Marcos, is played by J.J. Soria. And uh, really kind of this random character that's kind of thrown in there, in my opinion, is kind of like the neighborhood badass, Lainey Rucker. She's played by Betty Gra- uh, I'm sorry, Betty Gabriel. Uh, and I say that just because it's like, it's like there's some kind of story there that we're supposed to know about. Oh, it's, yeah. the, uh, it's, yeah. it's the neighborhood badass. You know, and they call her something like you're a legend or something, but like you've never been introduced to her or anything. See, I didn't know that either. I, I couldn't remember the first. It's been forever since I'd seen the other two movies uh, that I didn't know if that was somebody I was supposed to have known. I don't think so. I mean, look, I, could, Not, I could be completely I don't think so either. I could be completely dead wrong, and there's something I'm forgetting from the first two, but I don't think so. I think it's just like now we're introducing her, and you're supposed to know she's a badass. So whatever. Uh, it also stars Terry Serpico as a. Uh, <laughs> The, the name here is funny. Earl Danzinger. He's the uh, neo-Nazi guy that's <laughs> like the, the head of this mercenary group that's coming after uh, the senator. Uh, and then also uh, Edwin Hodge plays uh, Dante Bishop. And then there's a host of others. I mean, really, it's just, you know, probably a lot of people you wouldn't recognize, you know, smaller role type people from uh, character actors from other films and stuff. That's really, to me, it's about all that's worth mentioning. Well, there was what was the... Uh... With the woman's name, the main political candidate woman, I can't remember her name the, in the movie right now. Uh, Senator Rowan, I yeah, believe. And, and the actress's name was Elizabeth Mitchell. Now, in the, in the beginning of the movie, you can see, I, I was a little, I don't remember this part 
confused over this part. Let's see, you know, when it shows the family and the purge is happening, however many years back it was. Yeah, yeah, the flash. And it's her family, right? Yeah, I she's think it's the wife. Like, I think it's eight. I think they said it was eighteen years prior. No, she was the daughter. She's the daughter. Okay, yeah, so that part at first. See, I wasn't pay, I wasn't following it close enough there because at first I was. I, that's what I deduced. But then I was like, at, you know, at first I was thinking, damn, this the mom. So you know, because this person had the choice to make. Because yeah. the killers say, you know, you got to choose who lives or whatever. So I'm thinking, damn, if that, okay, if the mom chose herself to live, that's pretty damn yeah, messed yeah. up. No, I think, but it was, no, I think they essentially gave her Sophie's choice, right? Like only one of y'all is going to yeah. survive. You pick it. You don't see what happens, yeah. but then fast forward 18 years, she's the only one around. So yeah, you deduce. Yeah. The family, of course, the mom chose the daughter to live. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, but then that's, uh, that's the only thing you hear, but this is the reason why I was confused over that. Cause you never hardly hear that. You only hear that one other time. And it's when she's running for office, she says the reason she's running is to put an end to the purge because it killed her family. Right. Besides yeah. she was the only one that survived in the family and whatever. Yeah. But then that's all you hear of that. That's it. After that, it goes, it's almost like she uses that as a political tool <laughs> to get elected kind of thing. Yeah. But you don't hear more of the revenge, not even when they get into it, when the purge is going on, you know, later mm-hmm. on. So, I thought that was just weird. It's just this little thing that they stuck in there just for whatever, and then they just don't ever revisit it. Again. I guess the, the, also they, they really drill it home. Like, uh, you know, she's big into, like, not killing the other guy because, you know, she's put into a position later on to basically kill her political opponent, right? But she's like, no, yeah. we, can't, we can't be like that because then we're just as bad as them, that whole idea, you know. I guess yeah. that, that all plays into that political aspect of things. You can't stoop to their level, you know. <laughs> Donnie, was there any other like like little side note stuff that you maybe dug out or wanted to point out before we got into it? McKelty Williamson, we know him probably best from, uh, um, you know, Forrest Gump, uh, where he played, you know, Bubba Gump, and uh, you know some other some other movies. Also, uh, Con Air, uh, but so he plays Joe Dixon, who is um, uh, he owns like a deli, and you know. Um, this is the third movie in which his character kind of befriends the hero, gets shot, and has one last conversation with the hero before dying or being hauled away in an ambulance. <laughs> and the other two movies, so it's there's uh, this one, you know, The Purge Election Year. Yeah. The other two movies are Forrest Gump and Con Air. Yeah. Well, you know, it, that's a, a funny comparison to draw, but it makes sense, you know, yeah. Acting wise, because he really is a good personable actor. You know, like if you think yeah, about it, he's certainly. good. He's good in just about everything you ever see him in. But he's not yeah. like one of those leading men type guys. He's not somebody you always dwell on. But when you see him in a movie, you're like, oh yeah, you know, he's good at what he's, he's one of the character yeah, so actors. Like, yeah. So yeah, so it's it's one of those deals where he's good enough to be personable enough to draw you in as like you care about this guy. You know exactly. Yes. And then once. You, you have those big moments. You're like, oh, man, no, not him. You know, <laughs> not old Joe, <laughs> you know, and he's like that in yeah. every movie. You're right. He also has a great line. <laughs> There's a couple of great lines. He says, yeah, he's got a couple of great yeah. ones, but uh, he's like, he's and he's talking about, uh, I guess, Senator Rowan. Um, he said, she got them little titties, but she got some big ass balls. <laughs> that was Right, right after that was one of my one of my other favorite lines of the movies, where that old guy that hangs out in the deli, <laughs> and they ask him something like, "What do you think about it, old Frank?" or whatever the fuck the guy's name is. He's like, 
man, I ain't I ain't paying attention. I'm thinking of waffles and pussy. And then they're all just like, ah. and then it, <laughs> and then it's hilarious because they bring it right back up again later on. Like, hey, I wonder what old Frank's doing. Uh, he's probably just thinking about waffles and pussy. <laughs> of all the things to be remembered for, it's the awesome. to be the old waffle and pussy guy. <laughs> That's the kind of thing I aspire to in life, Smoke. That's the kind of thing. Hopefully, uh, yeah, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully in my yep. old age, I'm just known well, as that guy that just says inappropriate shit in the deli. What's funny too is like, uh, this movie's only made in 2016. It wasn't that far back. No, but uh, this comes. Uh, this might come as. This might come as I don't know. As it's not a political statement, but it's just the it's just fact of life. Like this type of comedy almost can't exist these days, even in these types of movies. I, <laughs> it almost proves. I think it's certain people like that. Yeah, yeah. I think it does, and I think it still can. It's just it plays differently to different people now. You know, like yeah, it doesn't have the wide mass appeal that it it may it may even have had in 2016. You know, but there's still yeah, it's still there. You know, like I think if you get well, I mean, too, if you get too caught up in that shit, smoke you can't <laughs> like Hollywood's kind of walking away from that a little bit because I think they're. Yeah, each is just weird. It's just success, success of each successive year, less and less stuff are is uh, acceptable, <laughs> yeah. you know, on the on the wide spectrum or whatever. So it seems like like the way technology goes, the way these movies are going is each each little bit of time that goes by exponentially, things are getting <laughs> not not canceled, but yeah. things are getting, yeah. you know, what I'm talking about things that things you can't have said a year ago, you can't say now. Absolutely, absolutely. And vice it's just it's just funny to me as on a social aspect of watching some of these movies and hearing some of the things that they were saying in 2016 that you can't really say now, or that they wouldn't put in there now in Hollywood movies. You might still hear them in a little bit of independent films, and whatnot. But and that's actually kind of wild because I mean you think of 2016 as just being a few years ago. Meanwhile, here we are, 2023, uh, the time this is being you know recorded, and it's seven years ago. I was about to say this is over seven years ago. So jeez. But a lot has happened over the last, sure. not just seven years, but just over the last, say, three years, you know, with all the COVID stuff and, and the, yeah. the social stuff that's happened over the last few years. I mean, a lot of things have changed. So, yeah, that does change the environment. It changes the temperature in the room at the, at the least, right? And we have always, I, <laughs> I think we've always tried to stay, you know, here on the, for our part of it here on the Spook Show, we try to stay fairly out of this kind of shit, you know, because, like, yeah. there's no need. It doesn't matter, you know, like in the grand yeah. scheme, you don't want to listen to this for that. So we we stay out of it. But it does occasionally rear its head, you know, and, and we're not blind to that. But, you know, we like to try to keep it as away from that shit as possible because we don't want to be drugged into it or out of it. Right. So we, <laughs> we've always tried to stay at arm's length, I, I feel. But it's what it yeah. is. It's refreshment time. And our refreshment stand is loaded with good things to eat. There's crispy, crunchy popcorn. And hot, delicious, buttered popcorn. Lots of candy. And frosty, refreshing cold drinks. Why not treat yourself at the refreshment center now? For you, the listeners of the All-American Spook Show podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. So I went over to audible.com typed in The Purge to see what would pop up, or, or as Donnie likes to say it, The Purge, to see what pops up. And we've got, let's see, good Lord, there's a whole box set. The Purge of Babylon series bo box set, books one through three, 
that combine, and now apparently these are Audible exclusives, combine, it's almost 42 hours long. <laughs> so if that ain't enough for you, we've got The Purge, the Horace Heresy series. What the fuck? Oof. Uh, that one's a little over three and a half hours long. And then we've got The Princess Purge by Cordelia K. Castle. That one's uh, just under 12 hours long. So I don't know. That one doesn't look too appetizing to me. But, hey, if any of that stuff floats your boat or you know about them, go check them out on audibletrial.com slash spookshow. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash spookshow for your free audio books. I'm going to hop on back over to imdb.com, click on plot summary to see what pops up. And, oh, Donnie. Oh, we got a couple long ones here for you, buddy. I'm just gonna, That's what she said. Yeah. The Purge. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we've got the short one. Former police sergeant Barnes becomes head of security for Senator Charlie Roan, a presidential candidate targeted for death on Purge night due to her vow to eliminate the Purge. And then we've got, I'm just going to read, there's a couple of longer ones, which is weird, but I'm going to read uh, just one of them. This one was uh, submitted by H. John 65461 <laughs> on IMDb. The Purge is a horrific night where all crime, even murder, is allowed so people can let the rage building up inside of them out and cleanse their souls on March 21st through the 22nd. Charlie Roan was the only one who survived a horrific Purge game that killed her family and vowed to one day eliminate the night for good. Fifteen years later, she gets her chance by becoming a candidate for the American election and promising the U.S. that the purge will come to an end. The new founding fathers of America, or the NFFA, saw this as a threat that would compromise their plan of eliminating the poor, who cannot defend themselves on this night, and keeping the population down. They plan to use the purge to assassinate Charlie, an old sergeant from the purge, Anarchy, who nearly made a mistake of purging on the man who killed his son two years before this, is the head of the security, and it is his mission to protect Senator Roan from the night so she can live till the election is over. When purgers force them into the streets of D.C., they struggle to survive the night before the purge ends at 7 a.m. with the NFFA after them. It's a poorly worded description, but it's a, you know, it's an effective description nonetheless. Where should we start? I guess to kind of set up the, um, you've got Joe's Deli, uh, which, you know, you got Joe and you've got Marcos, the, uh, um, I, I guess the kind of fairly newly, uh, new U S citizen, uh, within a couple of years, you know, he's a, a Mexican national, I guess. Um, and he's working with Joe and, you know, you've got, uh, I think it's Laney who, um, yeah, the one the one that's supposed to be a badass that it seems like you should know something about, but we know nothing about other than the fact that right. supposedly she's yeah. a badass. Yeah, it's almost like uh yeah, like those yeah. Yeah, it's another another thing entirely. Let's not go into it here. It's it really feels <laughs> like before you continue, it really feels like there's like another half of a movie somewhere that we missed. Or you know, like because there's two movies prior to this, but they don't really have much to do with this movie. But there's there's major plot points, I feel like, in this movie that just, like, you're supposed to know. You know, you talk about there's another movie missing. What was the movie that you said that, um, you know, they they found behind a dumpster? Forget what it was. Oh, God. Was you it said, uh, Samurai Cop? Yeah. That, that may have been it. No? Mm. 
I don't know. I don't it was, like it samurai, was one of Samurai Copper. One of those. It was like something we did on the Vortex or something, right? Yeah, something it was like something. But I don't remember what it was. But maybe that was the part. Yeah, <laughs> we were we were supposed to have some sort of left it behind the um, frame of reference. Yeah, to kind of like there's there's some other shit here, and it's like, oh yeah, you know this. Move on. No, I, yeah, I think I'm talking about that ninja movie that I bought, but we didn't do on the show where they found found it and they had to kind of piece together, put new dub to it and all that stuff. Or no, maybe <laughs> maybe that's something like yeah. Where they, they didn't have context for it, they had to like basically. Put what they thought they were being said in the mouths or whatever, and the action that was going in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that was the one you think. Regardless, yeah, that, yeah, that's where the rest of the footage is. Apparently, it's so you've got uh, you got you know basically a setting of Joe's Deli, and you've got two. I guess you could kind of call them like schoolgirls or whatever, but I guess yeah. they're like in college or high school or whatever. Um, <clears throat> they come in, they try to steal something. They're you know basically noticed and. They're not really wanting to give it up, and you instantly but... get the vibe of like, yeah, they're they're gonna come back, like because exactly, what, you yeah, already know what the yeah. purge is at this point, right? It's well established over two movies, so you know, like, yeah, they're two little dickheads on purge night acting like this or whatever. They're coming back tonight to or whatever, yeah, you know, whatever the time frame was to get their revenge. Yeah, it's just you know, it's kind of overacted bullshit, but you know, it is what it is. Um, so yeah then you know ultimately the purge starts uh and the first kill that we see is a guy getting an arrow right through the head oh yeah which is great yeah Yeah, and i think by and large you get and we'll get i'm sure we'll get in that smoke with the gore score and everything Mm. a little bit here that you get blood aplenty here right like i feel like they really if you can if you came to see this movie for violence and stuff I think even more so than the first two, in my opinion, you get it here. You get plenty of yeah. it, and some of it's pretty fucked up. Yeah, yeah, I think they can, like as they do with these types of movies, they, they needed to outdo the one before. So they, they, I guess they figure too, if they don't give you that, then they're going to be more complaints, yeah. <laughs> more than less. So they're going to at least keep it on par or amp it up a little bit but as yeah, far as the violence. Yeah. And to me, like if you're going to introduce this concept of like, all right, one night a year, everything this happens, right? It needs to get more violent because that's what would happen. Like I said earlier, you know, like this, this night would be so batshit crazy that, you know, it would be the craziest shit you've ever seen in your life. If you were witnessing it in real life. So with each movie, it has to be in a lot of ways, in my opinion, more depraved, more fucked up because that's the way it would, it would just keep ratcheting up. It would get to a point of no return. Right. And I think that's the ultimate point here. Yeah. And I, and we haven't seen, yeah, and I don't know if I want to. I guess it's <laughs> well, we will. So we will. We'll, maybe we'll get to them at some point on the show. But yeah, the other ones, the first purge, and I don't know what the names of the other ones are, or how many other ones there even are. Um, I think it's purge anarchy, and no, then no, this one, the, that, yeah, and then purge. it's something else. No, we, we already discussed it. It's this one. Yeah. Next is the first purge, and then the last one is the forever purge. So we got oh, two, two, mm. two more after this. No. And yeah. then there was well, a series I which I mentioned briefly. I don't briefly, know if that there was a TV up, keeps up with those, but I would assume so. You would, you know, you would hope, you would think so. Anyways, I don't know what point they would. I don't know what an MPA what pushes an MPAA are these days. Mm-hmm. But I would suppose that they pushed it as far as they could in both of those too. <laughs> yeah. Well, you can accuse these movies of anything, but they're not boring. I'll give you that. No. They keep you on your toes, as far as you know what your expectations should be. Yeah, I mean, and then, you know, well, I know we're probably not going, you know, 
blow by blow here, but no. you do have that assassin. Uh, I'm sorry, assassination attempt on um, Senator Rowan, which is, I guess, kind of like an inside job. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have uh, Leo and uh, Senator Rowan uh, escaping through, like, like the uh, I don't. I don't know. I don't want to call it the bat hatch, but it's like it's in there. <laughs> he's got like it's, a little, it's like a hatch. Yeah, he's got a secret door, a little hatch in the floor. That secret compartment. Allows her you know? to go down and like into a closet that leads to a window that he can yeah. get her out. It's his backup yeah. plan that no one else knew about. Yeah. And then um, like the they're fleeing. And then the uh, I guess one of the snipers uh, sees them. And then from the same window that they escape from or same room um the guy the i guess the sniper shoots leo hits him in the shoulder and what we don't know what we don't realize is that it's a it's like a tracer bullet like a tracking tracking bullet and it lodges in his shoulder where i I feel that this is a little jump the sharky dumb because like if you got if you have a sniper on a hired mercenary team right that is there to well, they're trying to capture her because they want her to be like a sacrificial lamb, right? But they they wouldn't care about him. They're trying to kill him. Wouldn't the sniper just plug him right in the fucking head and go, and then go capture her at the end? Why would they bother? But that's also if he's a real sniper. But also, like, like okay, before the actual team gets there, what do we see on their uh, on their on their uniforms? We see a lot of uh, racist symbols. Yeah. So what are they first? Are they racist or are they? you know, uh, trained snipers. I think, I think they're, I think that <clears throat> one guy at least is obviously they, the biggest racist on the planet, right? That's at least the way they, they, they put every racist Ooh, symbol oh. known to man on him, right? He, he's even got two Confederate flags on his shoulder. Oh yeah, he's like, he's like super redneck. Like they make <laughs> him like, he's super, this dude is super racist. And then everyone else is just hired mercenaries. But I think, yeah, to answer mm. your question, I think they're hired mercenaries first, and it just so happens to be that this guy's fucking Franken racist, you know? So. <laughs> Franken racist, that's, I mean, right? Yeah. I mean, like, that's a they, good one. They I really, like it. They really. Take I mean, it I don't moon. like it, but you know. <laughs> that's nah. why you heard it here, folks. He's pro racism. <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> we got him. Uh, now we can end the show. Five years. Good night, everybody. But yeah, like. I think they're mercenaries first and then everything else second. But I, I'm just saying in that instance, like, why would they bother Spider-Manning his ass, right? That's, that's what Spider-Man hmm. does. Oh, no, Doc Ock's getting away. Spider-Tracer. You know, like, that's what they did to him. Like, oh, no, he's getting away. <laughs> Tracer. No, they'd fucking kill his ass. And then they'd go take her and do what they did, right? But, well, you know, that, the credits would roll too soon then. True. True, yeah. But, I mean, like, yeah, the, the whole bullet tracer thing is if you're a sniper too, not I mean, yeah, you're trying to take them out, somebody, you're trying to kill them. But, I mean, if you were trying to put this tracer in them, what is this bullet made out of? I mean, most times you shoot somebody from that distance with a bullet, it's, unless it hits a bone, it's probably going to go straight through yeah. anyways. Yeah, there's that. And then, tracer. I mean, this is the stupidest idea for a tracer that ever was to put one in a bullet. You would think that they had all these internal people inside the house. At any point in time, they probably could have, like, you know, done, you know, they could have done it more clandestinely, like shook his hand or put something here. They, they could have put a tracking device on him or her. At any time, probably without them knowing it, rather than worrying about this bullet, you know, because if they were this trained of a team, they would have to train for the fact for knowing that they might escape. She might get out of this house without them getting to her first. Yeah. Let me put a tracking device on something that you know on her somewhere. Yeah, you think they would have already done that? Yeah. More than a bullet. Yeah. Yeah. A tracking bullet. 
Smoke, who, who are you? To <laughs> They're question? so blinded by hate. That's what it is. <laughs> yeah. From from uh, Franken races there. Smoke, who are you to mm. question future 2040 <laughs> tracing technologies? I know. <laughs> Maybe that's what it was. It was made out of plastic. Maybe it was a plastic bullet. They just think, oh, it would just go right in the skin but and then really, stop right there. Really, it's I mean, we, we can speed it up by saying essentially the rest of the movie is just them kind of running around the city evading these guys, right? Because they, they managed to get away. They find, uh, they eventually meet up with Joe and the rest of those guys from the deli. And then they kind of help them like, oh, she's important. She's the, you know, hopefully the future president. So we need to get yep. her, we need to del- deliver the goods, so to speak. We need to get her somewhere where she'll be safe. So they get her to this, uh, anti-government group of guys, right? They get her to them, and they're like, all right, well, y'all are going to watch out for her. Peace out, right? And the, But obviously, Frank Grillo's character is sticking with her. And then that kind of goes south, and they have to leave again. And they're pretty quickly dispatched after that. I think they get back up with Laney and the uh, the, the triage van or whatever, right? But then, yeah. But then they're... Uh, literally all it took, I mean, like 45 minutes to an hour of this movie is just them evading everybody, killing everybody in their path. They get away pretty easily. All it takes is for them to get T-boned. They flip the the, the van over, and then they just snatch her out and take her. The, you know, she's gone. Like, it yeah. it just happens a little too conveniently fast to me, especially how fast she snatched out of there, too. It's like the van flips. Well, and, and like, the only reason happened? they found her was you because know? of the uh, because of the tracer bullet. Yeah. Which I guess that's all the the clever plot device. Uh, who wrote? Who directed this again? Joe DeMonico or whatever his name was. Yeah. Joe DiMaggio. Yeah. Joe DiMaggio. I'm just kidding. James DeMonico. <laughs> jo- de- James DeMonico. James DeMonico. Yeah. That's the best he could come up with. Is all right. Look, in 2040, they're gonna have these wacky tracer bullets, and then we're gonna spend 45 minutes running around in circles. Ah, it was the <laughs> tracer bullet. That's what did it. So they get her. Also, and- though, I thought that. They weren't supposed to, like, well, her whole concept, her whole premise is that the triage van is to go around and help people that get, that are still alive, yeah, because, I guess, right? Yeah, because, remember, there is no, there is no medical, ambulance. yeah, there's no ambulance, no yeah. cops, no fire, you know, there's none of that shit, so. But why, how come she had carte blanche, so to speak, of, because I remember her in the, in the uh, convenience store talking about that, well, I don't have to worry about that, they don't come after me or something or whatever, I don't remember yeah, why. Like she's, she's protected. Life. Yeah. yeah, but I don't know. I don't know if they ever explained why. She I guess protected. it's like that. Uh, what is that in the uh, the Marvel books? The Night Nurse, you know, like she's the yeah. one that kind of helps take care of all the superheroes and shit when they're when they get hurt. So there has to be somebody, right? So of I, neutral. There yeah, has to be Sweden, yeah, basically. Exa- exactly. She's Sweden. Like you can't mess with her because she'll she'll help everybody. But she was a badass before, right? Because well, again, though, that's the storyline that we were given, but not shown anything about her being. Apparently, Supposedly. It was some from prior person that's, until she started to become a That's nurse. the legend, legendary flim flam, or whatever the hell her name was. But I will say that one of I would say, <clears throat> well, we'll say I'll save that. I'll save that for later. So essentially, they they capture her, Senator Owen, to sacrifice her because. The, the founding fathers or whatever, they have the, the future farmers of America, whatever the hell they're. <laughs> they have, oh, man. They have a, a, a midnight mass where they they purge like as a group. They, they all get together and purge. So she's one, of the, she's one of the prime ones they want to get a hold of. So they don't just kill her. They capture her so they can put her up on the stage, on the uh in the church or whatever 
and sacrifice her as a group. So, of course, they don't manage to do I love the, the biding time thing, too. Like, we're going to purge you in the name of the Father and the Son or whatever the fuck. And he's got the knife up against her throat. And then right at that right moment, the dude is fumbling with his rifle and shit like that. And then manages to pop the guy in the head right before he slices her throat. And then they, they but manage- he was going so slow. Yeah, like, if you're like- just like... <laughs> Give you time to shoot me. (laughs) I'm going to go so slow as to manage to let that guy that I saw up in the balcony get his gun ready. You know? (laughs) Uh, You know, future farmers of America. Yeah, they don't know how to shoot. Uh, Uh. (laughs) That's that's where the editing of the film didn't do them any favors, I guess. The the way they put that together, it uh, it didn't gel quite correctly, but... They essentially, they wipe the guy, you know, or they take that guy out, wipe a few others out. They all scatter. So they're able to save her. And then right at that moment, that other anti-government group of guys come in to to help save the day or whatever. And then that's when they have their opportunity to take out the competition. They're like, no, no, we can't. We can't stoop to their level. They manage to kind of get out of that jam. And then they, it's it's almost like one jam after another at this point, right? Like <laughs> they just keep finding themselves in a bad spot until eventually Leo has that final throwdown with old uh, Franken racist there, the neo-Nazi guy. Because you, you knew there had to be one huge throwdown with that guy, right? So he manages to take that guy down. And that's pretty much it, right? Like after that, like they managed to take down some of the other guys. And they've captured the uh, the guy that I guess is like the president or whatever they call him. He's like the leader of that new founding fathers. Because I don't know if they ever, I guess they still hold elections, but like I don't know if someone is actually the president. I'm kind of confused by that. But there's there was a different name. I thought there was another name. Well, I don't remember what it was. I don't remember it being president necessarily. They're just like the new founding fathers. So I guess you're like the leader of that organization if you're a part of that group or something i don't know exactly what the fuck but this- uh, yeah i thought it was still elections but it just seemed like they didn't call the person president like there was another title that the well, person who wins the election is rather than president of the united states but i think else. they did after she won it they once, did yeah they did but won, also like, like the election was held in march why yeah, no, no it was in may <laughs> it was like i don't know maybe in this in this dystopian future they've just decided to change election day to may i don't know what the fuck but yeah they, i'm they, sure they, that'll have an effect on sweeps yeah, <laughs> who knows? <laughs> well, November sweeps too. Either way, uh, I don't know. Whatever. But they did mention that though when she won at the end, right? Because like they save her, you know, she survives. It's like two months later they hold the election, she wins. So now they say she is the next president of the United States, and her first uh, thing that she has vowed to do is to end the purge, and that's pretty much the way the movie ends. Although they also kind of throw in that doubt, right? Like. The purge will. She is one in the purge when I'll come to an end. Then there's kind of like a glitch in the system, like there's been protests from the supporters of the new fathers and all this shit, you know. So like, it clearly lets you know that like this story ain't over. But for now, it looks like the purge might come to an end, right? So that's kind of where we leave it here. So, and then you get uh, the David Bowie song. Yes, the one that we heard before in uh, what was it? Uh... Hello, darkness, my old friend. <laughs> <laughs> That was, I can't remember. <laughs> that was you. Just, that was you just staring at the credits. Hello, darkness, my old friend. Anyways, there you go. That's uh, yeah, Showgirls. That movie. Oh, God. that's where we. Speaking of darkness, yeah, Showgirls. <laughs> Jesus. Ah. 
Well, for those that have listened, uh, have us on Patreon, they've heard it. Well, they might not have heard the song, but they've heard us talk about the movie. Yeah, and we probably, we probably mentioned that too. So there you go, the Purge election year. I think uh, it, it's a good pick. I think it was a good pick by Will for for the date, right? Like tomorrow's election day here in the United States. So timing-wise, it's perfect. But as far as our ratings, we'll see if it's perfect or not. Now, Will's not here to give his two cents, but he did give me his rating. Hmm. And I know you're curious as to what he has to say about this, at least as far as rating-wise, right? He gave it two. Two stars hmm. from old Willard. So, I mean, Donnie, what do you say? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it's fine. It's uh, it's entertaining, you know, to an extent, but it, it's also really fucking annoying, too. Um, <laughs> Which is what they were going for, didn't you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'm kind of, I guess I'm kind of surprised that, uh, you know, Will would, you know, I... I guess not that he would pick it, perhaps, but I guess you know if you're, I don't know. We've we've done quite a bit of, uh, um, I guess, kind of big releases. Not saying I expected something big, but you know, just at least maybe something that you like a little bit more. Well, that, you know, you want. Will wanna... is the master of the obvious with his picks sometimes. <laughs> so what he was going for was the election day. Mm, so that's yeah. that's pretty much it. All right. Yeah. Well. So. Uh, and that's also too the, I guess the uh, the horror novice, uh, you know, part. Um, like I said, you know, it's 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 pretty annoying. Um, a few of the kills are actually pretty satisfying, um, like when Laney runs over the looter girls, yeah. and then yeah. you know comes comes back and um, uh, blasts one in the stomach. You know, that little bear or whatever that was in <laughs> costume uh, kind of runs over. T- blast her and then the really the really really annoying one who was really overacting her her part um she gets a shotgun blast to the face which i don't think was quite like on par as far as gory enough but you know whatever Mm -hmm. um i also didn't you know i didn't realize i'd already seen it but uh i'm not really interested in ever seeing it again um I'm kind of tired of the all, you know, the purge movies having already seen, you know, forever purge, but kind of trying to be fair to just this still yet. I don't think I'm going to go quite as low as well. I'm going to go two and a quarter. I agree for the most part. I'm going to go, I'm going to say two and a half because, and I say that just because, uh, this isn't as good as the first one, but I think it's better than the second one. That being said, I, I ratchet it up just a little bit just because of the uh, the reality aspect of like how depraved it kind of becomes in this one. You know, like you see more messed up stuff in this one, which you know, if you're gonna make a movie like this, let's see some let's see some gore and some fucked up stuff, right? If you're gonna do it, let's do it. I ain't saying you gotta go like full on Hellraiser levels of you know pl- pain and pleasure, you know that kind of shit. But like, you want to see some, <laughs> yeah, you want to see some satisfying satisfying kills and stuff like that. So you do see some pretty, you know, some high level, like I said earlier, high level fuckery afoot here. So uh, for that, I think it gets an extra quarter, extra half a star out of me. So I'm going to go two and a half stars. Smoke, what do you say? Mm, well, <laughs> Uh-oh. I'll say this before the best thing I liked about the movie was the guys dueling to the death in the alley with swords. 
Yeah. I can get behind that. That was funny. That's about the only thing I can get behind this movie. Uh, I know we aren't going to go down certain paths in the movie, but I'll just say that the political allegory is like third grade level for me. Yeah. Uh, well, nobody, I don't think anybody uh, says these are says these are supposed to be the smartest movies, though, right? Uh, no. Nah. I think they're written for a certain thing, though, in a certain point in time. At that, Let's just say it was 2016, election year, and you can draw, you can connect the dots. <laughs> and wasn't there something, too, about how they rushed this out because of that? Like, Oh, because it was supposed to be Assassins, right? That what we talked about before? Yeah, was it supposed to be the original name? But there was something about, like, they moved up the timing of when this was released or something, actually, because of that. Election year. <laughs> that we should call it election year instead. So I don't know that they rewrote anything based on that or what, but, I mean, it definitely has very obvious connections. <laughs> They're not, you could say, you know, people say, oh, so this is subversive or that's subversive. This isn't subversive. It's right there in front, front and center election year. Again, it was 2016, so you got <laughs> that dichotomy going on. There's probably the most uh, schism between the left and the right, Democrats and Republicans, that you could ever think of at the time would be in 2016. So this right there front and center for you. Uh, but for me, I, just, I don't like that kind of political like allegory stuff being right up in the front and center of my movies anyway, regardless of whatever it is. That being said, like I said, the best thing, it does have some gore. Like you said, it's got, it's got the violence in there. Satisfying scenes, though, really. <laughs> Well, Donnie mentioned the one like comeuppance that they uh, that they had with the they they didn't really, they, they kind of established those girls at the beginning of the movie, right? Whenever in the convenience store and they're rob trying to uh, shoplift some candy bars, <laughs> and yeah. then the guy confronts them, and then they're like, "Yeah, whatever, I'm gonna yell rape or whatever." And then then what's her name comes around, and I can't think of the name. The girl in the triage van, Laney, around the yeah, e yeah. Edie. Yeah, comes around the corner and like confronts them, saying, "You know who I am," and then blah blah. And then the girl knows who she is and respected her before. And then she's like, "Oh, well, give the candy bar back." She gives it back, and then they have an exchange. So you can tell that this is going to be one of the. She's probably going to come back at some point, and she does. And then she's out there on the street whenever they're on the roof. The guy that on the convenience store, and <laughs> she's coming back to get her candy bar. Right, she's going to purge him and his whole family yeah. or whatever for the candy bar that she was trying to steal. So I mean, she, you know, then, then the guy. He shoots at the street or whatever, and like probably should have just like put one through her head right then. I mean, she's on the street at Burge night. <laughs> yeah, he like took. Her, candy bar. <laughs> he just grazed her ear or something like that. Now, if you just ended her right there, it probably would have ended it. Yeah, yeah, but it but it sets up for a much more satisfying. You know, they aren't going to do that, of course, because he's supposed to be uh, a more uh, inspiring. Well, not inspiring. The word I'm. You know, he's not he supposed a, to be that kind of person. Yeah, he has a better moral compass than just a fucking cold blood. Yeah. 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 And so they set up the better kill later in the in the triage van, like Donnie had mentioned. So uh, that was that was interesting. That was a satisfying payoff. You see somebody who, and again, we're not going down certain paths here, but a lot of times in these movies too, you don't you don't see that anymore because that's kind of a let's just say that's another social thing that people like. Okay, you can't have like the Death Wish type movies because that's you know, man, that's a that's problematic or something or whatever. Yeah. So you know to see something like that set up and then it'd be paid off. Cause at first I thought it wasn't going to pay it off. I thought she was just going to either get away with it or she was actually, was going to come back. And somehow that guy, she, because he didn't kill her then that she would be the death of him later. Thankfully that didn't happen. And she just got to come up and again, it was good to see that. So, and the fighting in the alley, like I said, that's the best, but other than that, I'm not going to waste any more breath on it. I'll give it a quarter star. A quarter star. Let my, let my ratings speak the volumes. <laughs> Everything you just said, and oh yeah, by the way, <laughs> God, God damn. 
rough. All right. Well, we'll go with it. All right. So that brings the consensus rating from all four of us to one and three quarter stars for the purge election. Year. I did not expect that after <laughs> the monologue. I that was yeah that was like this is why I would be. <laughs> I did uh, not expect that. Smoke, you you belong well, you belong in the I'll, spook I'll say show. that because I can't say what I really want to say about movies, so I'll leave it. At that. Fair enough, but just for that, you belong in the Spook Show Hall of Fame, and there's only there's only room for four of us, so you got the first spot. So I'll give. I'll, that's that's awesome. I'll give you that. That is awesome. So, uh, wow. All right. Well, without that, without that kick to the dick past us, uh, <laughs> Donnie, what you got? Connections. All right. So uh, if you're just joining us, I mean, for the first first time, I mean, what a weird episode to kind of join us on. But, you know, uh, with uh, Crypt Connections, what we do is we connect the current movie episode by any cast or crew um, and I'm sorry, any cast or crew connections to past Spook Show episodes. So, with The Purge, election year, we've got, uh, on the cast side, we've got Raymond J. Barry. He plays the leader of the Future Farmers of America, um, <laughs> leader of the uh, NFFA, uh, Caleb Warrens. And um, he dates back to when we covered Hellraiser 2. Hell on Earth, and he was also in Nothing But Trouble, which we covered on Crafts or Peace Theater, and also on um, on the crew side, we got Jason Blum, producer. You know Blumhouse, you see it. As soon as you see it, you know there's going to be Jason Blum connection on uh, Crip Connection. So um, he dates back to when we covered uh, Halloween from 2018, The Green Inferno, Into the Dark Crawlers. Halloween Kills, Halloween Ends, and one of our most recent uh, episodes, The Exorcist Believer from this year. Oh. I see a connecting tissues, all right. In the sucky... No, <laughs> uh, cal- calm down there, folks. Uh, Will is not here to give the kill count, but we have an unofficial kill count from what I could see of uh, 116. So... That we're gonna go with that for now until Will can give us the more official count, but we'll, we'll go there. So let's talk about the kill reel. Highlight kill. I'm gonna go with the uh, the candy girl getting smacked by the by the car in the alley there, or out in front of the store there. Probably because it's one of your more satisfying kills. Like you're like, all right, I want to see this motherfucker get it. Bam, you know she gets it. There's a lot of good ones though, you know. Even like the the the, yeah. the super Nazi guy, right? <laughs> that guy getting taken out. That's pretty good, you know. Lot lots of lots of gore, lots of gore. So smoke. That's going to lead to you. Gore score. Yeah, we've already talked about this being being up there, ratcheted up there, as you would expect from a purge movie, I guess. And it's been a while since I've seen either of the other two ones, so I really can't compare it. Although I think Josh, you said you maybe maybe you'd seen them more recently, and you said that 
you think this one ratchets up the violence a little bit more? Yeah, I, I don't, I don't have all the counts in front of me yet, but I'm off. pretty sure this one's far more gory than those two, for sure. Yeah, it's been a while for me, but yeah, it's you get all blood squibs galore, and there's even a guillotine in one scene that, again, yeah. another alley. There's some crazy alleys going on in the purge oh, world. Yeah. I mean, got a sword fight, like I said, you got a guillotine set up that they're executing people. L- literally, yeah, one they had, they had a fucking guillotine that they were executing people, and then there's another one where you had the swing, the swinging one. Right where pendulum, the, like yeah, the pendulum, yeah. Pose the pendulum going on there. Yeah, <laughs> which uh, that was that took some doing, man. These people are pretty creative. To I mean, to also to, to think that that's gonna, I mean, I guess it would kill somebody that didn't know it was there. But all you gotta do is sit there a few seconds and figure out the, the length of time, you know, as it swings to go by, as they did, you know. So. Yeah, yeah. But whatever, it was a cool visual and a cool and I guess a little nod to Edgar Allan Poe for whatever reason. <laughs> yeah, why not? Uh, yep. But yeah, so it is. It ratchets up the gore, and like I guess that is one uh, one positive aspect. Like I said, you can say about this movie. Uh, I guess I'll go with a seven. Yeah, I'd say that's more than fair. I wouldn't yeah. quite go to the ten category, but it's you know it's 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 pretty high. I mean, it's not nonstop blood in the streets kind of thing, but like when you get it, man, you 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 know you you get it pretty well. Yeah. So <laughs> there's plenty of it to be had yep. here. Um, and I don't know what the other ones are. Like I said, we may, I guess at some point, we'll maybe get to the other ones. So I'll kind of leave a little bit of room there to see if those ratchet up more. That would be more in the eight to nine category. But yeah, I'll, I'll keep it at a seven for now. Well, things are about to get interesting. If you didn't, if you didn't uh, enjoy this one, I'm not sure. But boy, I, I don't know where things go from here. But it's going to be interesting in the next couple of weeks because we finally come back to cannon fodder next week. And like we have said before, now the way we, the way we do this is we we have all the canon movies on a wheel. We spin it whatever it lands on. That's what we're doing. So we're completely at the mercy of the of the wheel. And God, I don't know. I haven't seen it, but I don't know. I, I ain't got high hopes. It landed on the Frog Prince from 1986. Now I think this was supposed to be like canons. They called them like canons movie tales. So it was like their attempt to kind of appeal to the kids, you know, like to have a, a kid-friendly level of movies from canon. So, yeah, it's basically what I garner from it is it's like a live action, uh, you know, with a, the like the frog prince is yeah. a, yeah, a guy with, uh, you know, heavy prosthetics on. Yeah. <laughs> uh. <laughs> And all I, all I can tell you is from this, it's got Helen Hunt in it. Now you know that I guess that that's mixed results, right? They're going to be the be good or bad, but she's the only name I think anyone would really recognize from this thing. So we'll see. We will see. And but then after that, on November twentieth, it's going to be our Thanksgiving celebration episode. You know, we always have a Thanksgiving pick around that time of year. So it's my choice, and my only criteria was that I had to pick an older one. So, without further ado, I'm going to reveal what we're going to be watching on that date, and that is The Granny from 1995. That's right. That's I my, forgot. That is my Thanksgiving gift to you guys, because I, I want to give thanks <laughs> to, the, to, the, <laughs> to you guys for being here in the spook show and everything. So, we're going to watch The Granny. I had forgotten that you'd pick this movie. Me too. <laughs> God. What, what, what was it? 95? 
Yeah, nineteen. Yeah, I think it was ninety-seven. No, it was ninety-five. It's straight to video. Was it ninety-five? Ninety-five straight to video oh. release. So, good times will be had by all. That's going to be our uh, Thanksgiving treat. Now, there is a chance. I'm oh. not going to. I'm not going to mar- quite marry us to it yet, but there might be a chance we could at least squeeze out a bonus episode that week for when Eli Roth's Thanksgiving comes out. We had talked about mm. maybe trying to squeeze that in somewhere. So yeah. there might. I say might be a bonus episode of our take on Thanksgiving when that comes out. Cause I believe that comes out November 17th. So hopefully mm-hmm. we get a chance to uh, check that out and we'll give our two cents on that one. And hopefully all these things will be better than the purge election night. Right. Smoke. <laughs> yeah. I don't doubt it. I'm, I'm still shocked at Somehow that. Somehow we found, but, we found know. smoke's new floor. This is, it's it really, it caught me off guard. I didn't expect it. Yeah. Well, like I said, not. I'm not a big fan of either of the other purge movies either. It's just this one is even less in my ball because it's going to have all the all the allegory and stuff going on. Well, look, you don't have to answer to us. You have to answer to God. All right, talk to you later. <laughs> <laughs> no, you just have to answer to Franken racist. Yeah, Franken racist. And uh, no, you look at uh, Night of the Living Dead or or something like that, and some of these people could take cues on how these movies were done in the '60s and '70s and '80s. And maybe not be so heavy-handed. That's all I can say. <laughs> well, I, I'll, I'll give you that. There's, there's uh, Subtlety is not one of their uh, strong suits here, that's for sure. Really, at the end of the day, though, Smoke, you only have to answer to yourself next year on the sixth anniversary. <laughs> when we come back around <laughs> to this, and maybe, you, maybe you'll think about it some more. <laughs> but we won't give you Suspiria-level shit, or will we? Only the next year we'll be able to tell the tale, so we'll see. All right, that's enough. Can- Lower than a quarter of a star. You yeah, see. I doubt it. That's pretty. I, I mean, really, how? Honestly, I mean, it, <laughs> no, it, it's no. almost impossible. I gotta look at the fractions. I'm not that great at fractions. Maybe yeah. <laughs> I'm not that good at the math. Well, anyways, <laughs> all right, that's enough. So, uh, for Will, could be with us, Donnie, Professor Smoke. I'm Josh. We are the All American Spook Show, and join us next week for our next cannon fodder, the Frog Prince. As you leave the theater, folks, please be careful. Don't let this happen to your car. Be sure to remove the speaker before you leave. If you should accidentally pull a speaker loose, please turn it in at our snack bar or box office. Thank you.